welcome to another episode of To The Table. Uh, I am without my wife tonight. She is at a ladies group and I'm so happy she is. She is diving deeper. She's doing so many amazing things that God's calling her to. Uh, we're actually in the process right now of getting her story out. So she's going to be able to share her testimony again with you guys on a deeper level. And not only that, but we're going to live through some of the moments in her life where she has just taken off like a rocket. I mean, and this has all happened in a short moment, which is her sharing her testimony. So today, we're just going to dive into some stuff, um, some uncomfortable things. I had the honor and pleasure of giving a sermon over the weekend about mental health. I think it's very important that we talk about this, you know, just some deeper connection things. But before we do that, let's just pray. Lord, Heavenly Father, Lord, we just want to say thank you for everything that you have done in our lives. Thank you for moving mountains. Uh, thank you for moving the anthills that we continued to sprinkle dirt on top that we made mountains out of. You stepped into those situations in big ways and you blew them away, took them out of our lives and we thank you. But Lord, we also want to pray over the ones that have not felt that significant move in their life. Let them know that they are not alone. There is people, places and things in place for them. Let them know that you have anointed people to help them through it. But most importantly, you are powerful enough for their situation. You are so almighty and so all wonderful. We love you. Amen. So, <clears throat> yes, I had the opportunity. We went through a three-week series uh, with some youth students. And I just want to say that it was uncomfortable. Very, very uncomfortable. Um, we talked about depression, we talked about anxiety, we talked about suicidal thoughts and where these things take us. Um, you know, as we know that people that have mental health, I myself have dealt with mental health for many, 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 many years. I would love to say, hey, I'm healed, I'm great, I'm, no, I'm not, I'm not. We, you know, we still struggle with certain things. Um, sometimes uh, we, we slip back into an unstable mental health, but uh I'm blessed enough to say, hey, today, I know another way. Um, you know, and this comes from a place where me, even at the age of 30 years old, was having suicidal thoughts. Uh, I was having moments of my life of uncertainty. And we all know, well, some of us don't. So for the ones that don't, you know, this is the way it goes. You know, anxiety is the leading cause to depression. And depression is the leading cause to suicide. And I'm not saying that depression looks sad, gloomy, moping around. Uh, sometimes depression looks like smiles. Sometimes depression looks like I got it all together. Sometimes depression looks like a day of celebrating your kid's birthday. And then the leading cause or the things leading up to that moment um, is suicide. You know, it's, it's very uncertain and very unclear of why some people choose that. So I just want to speak on the behalf of my experience. I just been very called to this moment of talking about mental health in the church. Uh, I may be out of place for some, I may be out of pocket, but for the many, I might be right on point. So I just want to ask now for the grace uh, from you guys. And if there's any moment in this podcast where you feel like, hey, my story's a little different, please, please, by all means, challenge me. Uh, go to our Instagram page at to the table dot podcast. DM me, DM me, 
I would love to take on some questions, some challenges, some anything, advice. Um, I, I love it. I, I want I want that kind of conversation. So uh, tonight's episode is probably going to be about a little 15 minute little hit. I'm going to get in and out of this. Um, I definitely want to make some more deeper conversation talks, though. But this is speaking out. You know, I'm going to be speaking out of like Jonah. Um, I'm going to be in the book of Jonah chapter two tonight. Um, this is the story of Jonah and the quote unquote big whale, even though I don't think the big whale was translated into the Bible. Um, but we're going to say for biblical terms, let's say Jonah and the big fish. So in these moments of Jonah and the big fish, there was a lot of uncertainty and I'm just using analogies here. So in these moments, Jonah felt like he had to run and flee from everything. Right. And in these moments, you know, while he was in the whale, I know for myself, well, hold on, let me backtrack. So while he was in the big fish, um, he probably had these moments of why am I here? How did I get here? Um, I've never been in a carcass of an animal, uh, but I'm pretty sure he felt alone. I'm pretty sure he was in a dark, isolated moment of um, why what am I getting myself into? He probably felt like God was far, that he wasn't with him. Um, I know for myself, uh, I actually wrote a letter to my mom that when I look back and I read it now, it almost looks like a suicide note. But what it was for me was exactly what Jonah was doing in chapter two. This was a prayer for me, the prayer looked a lot different than Jonah, but for me, it was that moment of just saying, Lord, I have been leaning on my own understandings for so long. I'm trying my best. I'm trying to get sober. I'm trying to not feel sad. I'm trying not to get in depressions. I don't know why my throat feels so swollen. I don't know why I'm on the verge of tears. I don't know why everything is escalated in my life. And I felt like God was far. And I think one thing that we can lean into, actually, I just, I know that we can lean into is that uh, you're not alone. You definitely are not alone. God, oh man. When we feel like these moments in our life in our darkest sometimes isolation is a crippling killer to our relationships with others and we do physically feel alone we feel like no friends are around we've pushed everyone away uh, text messages stop popping up maybe facebook likes and things like that comments stop coming around uh, because we've we've disconnected ourselves the one good thing that god will never do is disconnect himself from us and I know that's a promise, you know, God has given himself to us. The gift of the Holy Spirit was given. It was promised to us when Jesus said, I am leaving, but I'm leaving you the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit just doesn't up and wonder one day. We may feel like he's gone. We may feel like we've pushed him so far away that he's just threw his hands up and said enough. But he's close. He is near and dear to our hearts. We must take him into our hearts and hold him there. So when we suffer, we are not alone. And I know mental health can feel like we're suffering. So, 
it's there's a there's a survey in America and it says one in five American adults live with a mental illness. And it also says one in four people worldwide will experience mental health issues. So if you feel like you're alone in the world, not just with the Holy Spirit or the God or the Holy Trinity aspect, but it's saying right there that if you're in a classroom of, let's say, uh, 40 people, one in four of those have mental health problems or they've experienced a mental health issue. That's one in four. So I'm not really good at math, but I think that translates to like 10 people in the classroom have had a mental health issue. You're almost certainly not that the only one in the congregation dealing with issues right now in the church. I guarantee you that also, you know, so speaking openly about your mental health issues will allow others to share their own struggles and will enable you to care for one another. Um, and, and God tells us that, you know, to to first cast your anxiety onto him and then that we as a church should carry one another's burdens, you know. Bills are a burden, yes, but we can we have a solution for those. Money, um, mental health. This is a burden that sometimes we don't have the answers to. But inside of a church, if you have a hundred and ten people show up on a weekend, there is a bunch of people in that room that are experienced this. So we have to learn to challenge ourselves to get out of the bubble of saying, I'm all alone. I'm the only one in this. You're not alone. Speak up to somebody. And if that somebody's not dealing with it, then they'll guide you to the person that is. So God uses us in mysterious ways to be there for one another. Uh, one thing, too, also that I would love to talk about tonight is when we go through these mental health issues or these spirals of depression, or these moments of anxiety and panic attacks. Um, we start to get in this thing where we start to point the finger back at us. You know, and one thing that I've learned over my years is that uh, mental health is not your fault. It's not your fault. Some people will say, uh, well, isn't it a punishment for my sins or the sins of my parents? Well, mental health may not be your fault, but it can be your opportunity to speak truth about Christ to love others. Uh, of course, sin or your, your what the way you're living can definitely heighten your mental illness or it can stir up depression or anxiety because uh, sin spreads the infection of the darkness, is it, for quote unquote. So that darkness that you're feeling it, you know, it, it can definitely spread, which is why it's so important to have people point you to Christ in those moments. So when you speak up, it's definitely important to have a good community of people around you. And if not a community, at least let somebody into that. They can help point you to Christ. So, you know, as we allow the light, however, it may dim, may feel like it dim. It doesn't. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you, James 4, 8. It's a promise for good days. So, you know, we're going to have these struggles. We're going to have these moments. But I want you to know that it is not your fault. I know for some things like myself, I would, I would tear myself up. This is all your fault. 
you're this, you're that, this is all your fault. And those were lies from the enemy, you know, of, of him trying to step in to my life. Because once you give him that foothold, that's all he needs. That's all he needs. But if you give God just a mustard seed of faith, it's a wrap. He will come into that and destroy the enemy, destroy those those thoughts, you know. And it's not temporarily healing. It's it's a forever healing and it's a forever process. So we talked about practicing things of of challenging yourself to get out of the, the try mode and practice. Um, you know, going through these this life and and learning to do things and get out of the mindset of trying. So I'm going to get into Jonah a little bit, so bear with me. So this is Jonah's prayer in chapter 2, 1 through 9. This is what's really inspired me to talk about my mental health. From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord as God. He said, In my distress I called to the Lord, and he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help, and you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the depths, into the very heart of the seas, and the current swirled around me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I have been banished from your sight, yet I look again toward your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains I sank down. The earth beneath barred me in forever. But you, Lord my God, brought my life up from the pit. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. But I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will make good. I will say salvation comes from the Lord. So that's that right there was on a whole nother level of what I wrote in my letter when I when I was going through my mental depression. And you know, Jonah understood God is a God who is near. So from deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help and you listened to my cry. Jonah 2.1 It is easy to say as a prophet, Jonah had all the right answers, right? He was in touch with God. He was even a mouthpiece for God to call people out of their wickedness. That God does not mean he was infallible. Men and women in leadership roles within the church are human and they can easily stray and falter. God had clearly told Jonah that he was to go. The world of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Am- Amate. That's That's a word I don't know. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. For whatever reason, perhaps fear, perhaps doubt, maybe just a prejudice against the people of Nineveh, Jonah decided to flee in the opposite direction. His act was outright defiance and disobedience before God. So this is just something for us to chew on a little bit. You know, um, sometimes we feel like our disobedience and our outright defiance gets us far away from God. And even in that moment when Jonah was fleeing, like how we at times that have mental health problems, we flee from our problems. We run as far as we can from them. God is still near to Jonah in that moment. 
you know, he, he decided that enough was enough. And I'm going to pray to my God from deep in the realm of the dead. I called for help and you listened to my cry. That was a cry from the heart that Jonah let out and God was there. Jonah remembers that God is a God who restores also. In Jonah 2, 7, when my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. So, <clears throat> Jonah remembers that God is a God who also restores. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple, Jonah 2, 7. Now, I know for myself, uh, when I was in a place like Jonah, and then came out of it, I felt like unworthy. I felt like undeserving. And I believe, honestly, that that is a natural response. And there should be some level of acknowledgement on our part of our unworthiness. Uh, we are not worthy of God's generous grace upon our lives. We have nothing to give him, nor could we ever repay him. But for some, guilt hangs on. Satan uses a, uh, our unworthiness to say, see, you are too far gone. You made a mess of things and God can never use you. And that is a bold faced lie. The great thing about Jonah's whale uh, conversion experience is that it forces him to rely upon the character of God, not his own. So he knows his own sinfulness. He knows apart from God, he, he he's a screw up. He's a mess up and he'll never get it right. But he remembers God. How often do we forget that our identity is made new when we place our trust in Christ? We are literally not our own any longer, but we are his, his most prized possession. That is the truth we need to cling to when an enemy comes knocking. So that's something that really has sanctified uh, my process in life is that besides God, I am nothing like I, I am. I have nothing to I am not the one that holds up a ministry. I am not the one that helps holds up a church. I am not one that supports or holds up my marriage. It's God. I am just blessed enough to be a part of it. And without God, I am nothing. You know, I, the, the air I breathe, I don't just wake up one day and grab all 3000 ingredients to make a breath. God had that prepared for me, not just one breath, but a million for the whole day. So <clears throat> I love that because I know for myself, I was just like in my moments of alcoholism and in drug use and just a whirlwind of, of lust and, and badness. I was just like, there's no way I can step into a church. Or how many times have we heard the phrase, well, if I went to that church, that place would catch on fire. Really? You think you're that bad? <laughs> like, I don't think you are. I don't. And God doesn't think you are. You know, God loves us. God loves us with his whole heart. We're his prized possession. We are his, his most beautiful thing. So, you know, don't feel too far from God and, and just know that the Holy Spirit is deep in you and the, and the Holy Spirit loves you. And that, that you, it is not your fault. And, and God restores. God is the one who restores. So just hold on to that. Another thing I like about in Jonah is that Jonah knows God is a God of hope. So in Jonah 2.8, it talks about those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. I know for myself, I, in that letter that I wrote to my mom, I even said that in my darkness, I felt comfortable in my darkness. Uh, I felt like uh, uh, a darkness was manifesting in me and it was almost a comfort comfort sometimes. So in those moments of, of, of separation from God or those moments of being depressed, 
it was actually turned into an idol for me because anything that happened to me, I would turn straight to that. And I started to, to, to make it a worthless idol. So I cling to it and I didn't want to let it go. You know, I knew cause it, not only that, but I would see how people would treat me when I was in that they would leave me alone. They wouldn't want to be around me. And I got used to that. So in these few short verses, Jonah has come to know that God is near, that he restores, and finally there is hope in him. So he ran the other way, fully expecting to avoid God's call, right? I'm not uh, I'm not sure why he thought he could outsmart God. But then again, I think men have been trying this since since the existence, since Genesis, uh, when, when, when God was walking into the Garden of Eden and, and Adam uh, was naked hiding from God and trying to play hide and seek with God. And God says, where are you? Like, like God didn't know where he was. And Adam says, I'm over here behind this bush. And and I'm surprised there wasn't a verse in there. God shrugged his shoulders and said, I know, but God's not boastful. God's beautiful. So, you know, we all take that route that Jonah did at some point in our life. We all believe we have life figured out and we just take it from here. But God knows better. And knows that we cannot survive long in this life without his presence. So, I'm not trying to make this less than what it is. Mental health is serious. Mental health is is a killer. Um, you know, even in the church world, it is very, very common. Um, and I'm not saying like it happens all the time. But, you know, uh, pastors have committed suicide. Uh, even as of recently with the whole pandemic um, even before then, um, people have, have been trying this as an answer of suicide. Um, mental health, I don't know where in the church is, is, is it like very talked about, but it is, it is bringing more brought to light. Um, you know, and I think that it's great that a lot of churches nowadays actually give us the congregation, the tools to have small groups, to have more intimate conversations about it. Um, you know, people always ask me, Hey, how come we don't talk about this on a, on a major scale? I'm like, well, some pastors do. Um, but you know, you'll, 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 you'll definitely be surprised about, you know, how some people just aren't ready to do that. And that's up to the pastor, whether he wants to lead in that direction. But I know that, you know, pastors love, love, love. And I love that they do like to focus on the hope and love of God. You know, because this what we talk about in mental health can really, really, really bring out um, a lot of emotions that some of us aren't ready to deal with, you know. So I guarantee you that if you walked up to a pastor any day and talked about him, uh, talked to him about mental health, he's not going to stray you away. He's not going to push you down on the ground and laugh at you. He will sit you down and he will have a great conversation or two or maybe a six week um, appointment set aside to talk about it with him. So. Uh, you know, you're not alone. You're definitely not alone and you are loved. It's not your fault. God sees you and he is with you. And God's words speak to you. Uh, Psalms 25, 16 is something that uh, I really loved to cling on to when I'm in these moments. And it's turned to me and be gracious to me for I am lonely and afflicted, afflicted, you know, and that's how I get things started when I pray. You know, I talk, I come to God and I just tell him, you know, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm fragile right now. I'm breaking. I'm, I'm not feeling myself. I'm not, I'm not feeling very loved or I'm not feeling like I'm giving love. Um, and I'm lonely, 
you know. So I pray to God. I, I'm honest with my words when it comes to my mental health and my prayer. I know that he hears me. And that's just how I get the ball rolling. I did leave some words of encouragement with some of the students I was with. And I said, look, I would, I would love to be your number one person you call when you're going through this. But what I want even more for you guys is to go to God for these problems. Pray to him. Pray, reflect, and wait and see what he says. Maybe he will say, hey, give Simon a call. Or, hey, let someone help you with this. You know that mom that that you've been butting heads with lately? Your mom has walked this mental health as well. She's walked through this in her life. Let her help. Let her take you to see counseling, doctors, whatever it may be. Um, but you know, there's a lot of people around you that love you. Uh, you are not alone. God has sent his people here for these moments. And even this thing that, that is very big, I don't ever want to underestimate the problems of mental health, but God is near. He is here for this. He will deliver us from this. Keep your eyes focused on him and we will come out on the other side of this. So, Hey, to the table podcast fans, we love you. I can't wait to get my wife on here. Uh, we'll be working on this podcast here sometime soon. Um, we're definitely trying to get our moms on for Mother's Day. If not um, our moms, um, I'm pretty sure I can get my mom on. But uh, would you join us in prayer in that, that in these next coming weeks that um, we can start to grow this ministry a little more and we can definitely start talking more about these problems that we're having around the churches with mental health within our side of our congregation and with inside of us. So uh, keep praying for us. Keep praying for my wife. She's being an all-star right now. Uh, she'll be delivering a message at her women's group here soon. And, uh, you know, she just came back from a retreat, fired up for the Lord. And I just can't wait to see what she does with it because uh, she's a firecracker and she's awesome. She speaks encouragement and love into everyone she meets and she's pretty cool. So, I keep praying for her. Uh, she's doing great things in the kingdom. And, uh, hey, we love you to the table podcast. And uh, you'll be hearing from us soon. God bless you. Amen. another great episode of to the table podcast we would love to connect with you and you can head over to our ig page and that's where you can find us at to the table dot podcast and we would love for you to just like and share it and if you want to drop us a message we are open to all communication any feedback is good feedback for us here maybe you want to share some knowledge or drop some gold nuggets for our listeners we would love to drop those and share those on our next episodes so message us maybe you want to see this ministry grow we are open to all and every donation so message us let us connect and we'll see you on the next episode we love you guys and god bless